November 22nd, 2017. It's a Watt for Pedro show.
Pedro Show. Uh, Wednesday before Thanksgiving, I'm in Pedro. Brother Matt had a switch over on his uh, physical therapy because of his uh, hip replacement. By the way, he went, I think, uh, walking without the cane. But he's been doing therapy in the pool, the Channel Street. No, not Channel Street. We used to call it the Gaffey Street. They got another <laughs> stupid name for it when they reopened it the, earlier this year. Actually, Brother Matt's ma was instrumental in ha making that happen. But anyway, a man alone, but not actually alone because of the miracle of them engineers in Estonia coming up with their Skype software. I am making a connect to Jeremy Gustin, and, well, he's on tour, so he's in uh, Oklahoma City, well, Oklahoma? Well, no, I'm actually, I'm not on tour. I'm in uh, I'm in Oklahoma. I'm in my sister's basement right now. Ah, for, so you're on a little trip. Thanks uh, yeah, I'm just doing the Thanksgiving thing, and uh, she has three kids and a bunch of animals, and it's total beautiful chaos upstairs right now. And, uh, is it Oklahoma City, though? Yeah, I mean, it's like... Okay. Right outside. So I'm not totally wrong. No, you're totally right. Well, like if you go to school there, you go, you're Norman. Right. Yeah, I did difference. play in Norman once. Yeah. Yeah, there used to be a club there called Rome. Actually, yeah, yeah, I think it was called Rome. I remember my first Oklahoma City gig or Oklahoma gig was uh, someplace called the Bowery. We caught that a okay. dude's pad named Luigi. Okay. All his name was Luigi. Later, we found out his name was Wayne Coyne. Oh, right. They're all around here. <laughs> but I guess he worked at a Long John Silver, and he found a name tag and he, that said Luigi, so he always wore this. And we didn't even know he was in a band. He had all this artwork. We knew he was an artist because there was all this drawings all over his pad. And, you know, Dee Boone oh, was wow. an artist, so they could relate on that level. Mm -hmm. uh, Jeremy, a uh, little background how I got to meet you personally. It was about a month ago here in my Pedro town. I just That's got right. off a tour, and there was a festival called Growler 6 uh, by the Lane Victory here, uh, where the Sanzanita that blew up in 1978. And the band that went on before me and my second man was Delicate Steve, and the stick man with the beat in his hand was Jeremy Gustin. Yeah, that that was an amazing festival. Did you did you get to hang out like I saw Guided by Voices, which was incredible. I got to see a, a Tina Rowin. That, okay. That's from Mali. Oh, Tanariwan. Is that how you say it? Yeah, Tanariwan. Yeah, that's, Tanariwan. that's heavy. It, it's beautiful. I got to yeah. meet a couple of them because I know Billy, a guy that they, they live with out, out in the desert when they come visit. And uh -huh. uh, I actually heard about him years ago from Flea, but now. And in fact, the bass man told me Flea gave him a bass that that one he was playing upside down because he's left-handed. Oh wow! Uh, Jeremy, what's your oldest musical memory? Well, fuck. I mean, I've been playing music my whole life. It started more with um, classical music. I was uh, playing like recorder first, then woodwinds, like oboe stuff like that. But I mean, I think my first memories are really probably playing on pots and pans stuff like that with wooden spoons i guess i mean you wouldn't have to be playing it could be like hearing radio in the car or shit in the living room but if no, pots it, and pans, right. it was okay if pot, uh, playing pots and pans in the kitchen so you knew you were going to be a drummer you were a little boy right yeah well no i i kind of full grown man? And, uh, did, did some different stuff before coming back to drums um 
No, Do, but doing like the classical music, thing. Well, I want a, I want an idea of what your pad was like growing up. Did you have people in your family that played music? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So my my grandfather was in the um, the Boston Symphony Orchestra, which was an orchestra my dad worked for. So I literally grew up, and he worked at this music festival called Tanglewood in Western Massachusetts. So literally every summer. I was just seeing classical music and going to rehearsals and seeing jazz and people like James Taylor and Bob Dylan would come there too. So it was just like music, 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 twenty four seven. I mean, it's yeah, Bob Dylan, James Taylor, not too classical. What, what did your grandfather play? Bassoons. Oh wow, double yeah. E. You know what's trippy about bassoons? Have you ever been to? Probably been to Barcelona. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Barcelona, and the, this uh, familiar saying. Uh, Sangra Familia, the the Anton Anti uh, Gaudi Church. Oh yeah, it's so weird. Yeah, you know, yeah. usually angels are playing harps, right? Well, they're playing yeah. bassoons there. <laughs> oh my god! Right by the yeah, hatch. I, don't, I, don't think, I think it's still got another twenty I... years to build. You know, that thing's been long time coming. Uh, yeah, oh you man, you know what? I spaced. I spaced on saying what we played. We opened the show up with Delilah live. November 20, 1961, John Coltrane. And then we heard the Ah with Dearest Blue. The Ah people is a solo project, but uh, Jeremy, he'll get into telling us about that later. So you're growing up around music. Is there instruments in the pad? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's um, piano, various woodwinds, a piano, yeah, some percussion. And um, my mom plays cello as well. My sister played clarinet. There, there was instruments everywhere, and there was okay, always were you music playing. Were you encouraged to try and play something? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, it was just um, the the whole. It was all classical music encouragement. Really, it was kind of like practice your oboe, play, be in the orchestra, be in the wind ensemble, all this stuff, which is stuff I love doing. And to be honest, I, I miss playing in orchestras and okay. stuff. But the, but but the drums is something that like no one encouraged or asked me to do lessons or asked me to practice i kind of found that myself bought the drum set from the local pizza man figured out how to do it all on my own um well, so it's kind of my own is, personal thing there actually is drums in classical music is not maybe a, a trap kit so much but i know yeah. there's tip for sure <laughs> yep and there's some uh, crash cymbals and triangles sure. and stuff like that. i just what I just was totally your first thing the uh, was the oboe the first thing you played before that, there was recorder for a few recorder, years, okay. but yeah, oboe I started when I was like eight or nine. So I, and I was and serious about it. I mean, I, this ain't at school. This is like private lessons. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And I was in like orchestras of like you know the regional around Boston where I grew up, and then the all state, and then I, I was in some youth orchestras and ensembles through college and stuff like that. What about in high school? Were you part of the, that music program? High school got weird for me. I mean, I did still keep playing oboe in some good orchestras, but um, I was I got into like skipping class, doing a lot of psychedelic drugs, and really getting into improvising on the drums with people. And it was like I got in my own weird world where I um, fell in love with improvisation and drumming, and kind of realized that was going to be a big part of my life. I just uh, thought of something about the oboe. Nels a Klein told me a lot of oboe players get strokes. Something about the double, you've got to like focus the wind too little or the something. The embouchure is yeah. pretty intense. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Uh, but he also says the oboe can cut through anything. Yeah. There's something about that pitch where it's at. It can 
So it's usually used to represent the human voice, he told me once. You know, the English horn I also played, which is just like uh, a little bit bigger. It's more the register of a soprano sax. And I actually preferred that. It's like an oboe, but like a little bit of a warmer tone, which I really like. Yeah, and it's it's, it's, it's it. What about French horn? French horn's nice. If, if you can play it well, it's, it's gorgeous. John Entwistle. I think he does a solo on Pictures of Lily. Anyway, let's get now to drums because this was your uh, not a sign, not encouraged thing. This was something you did on your own. Uh, that pot and pan incident. Yeah. Well, you think it was like because you were hearing percussive stuff, so you went in the kitchen and went at it? Yeah. To, I mean, I, I have some fuzzy memories of it, but to be completely honest, I've found pictures, like multiple pictures of me as a little kid with like stuff set up in front of me. And like I saw my dad would put like vinyl record covers on chairs so I could hit the chairs without making marks. So I was always into hitting stuff. And I think I just like went away from it for a while and then just found myself uh, back back doing it. But you, I, you know, uh, I like have you heard of this uh, documentary, A Different Drummer, Elvin Jones? He started yeah, out. Yeah. Yeah, it's only about 25 minutes long or so, but he started on pots and pans. They sound great. I still use them. I mean, pots, I mean everything is a drum, and pots yeah, and pans are such a great kind of decay and different pitches. And I, I, think I don't they're, remember they're if you watched us, because you probably had to put stuff away while we were playing, but I put my drummer up front on stage. I well, was, I remember you guys were really close, yeah, but he well, was behind you, wasn't he? No, he's actually in front of me. I was on the side, and I had his kick drum at an angle, so it would be right in my leg. Okay. And okay, I just great. have so much respect. I mean, we should have done this in the Minutemen days. It's stupid. I'm a slow learner. But this, I call an act of denial by putting the drummer way in the back. We're almost all really playing drums. I mean, there, there are some melodic components, but a lot of it's just little riffs, little rhythms. Mm -hmm. So some of us are more honest about it. I think the guys with the sticks in their hand are very honest about it. What was the first <laughs> drum set that you got? It was it was like an old Ludwig that looked like uh, like Ringo's kit, a four-piece. Harry the Pizza Man, I remember him so well, this Greek guy in my in the town I grew up and he had um he had this little like rock kit, but he had like tons of huge symbols like China so he was kind of into metal, I think, like late 70s, early 80s metal stuff. So he had all these crazy symbols and rototoms, three rototoms. He gave it all to me for, for 300 bucks. George, you had some uh, Remo rototoms. You could tune those things while you were playing them. Man, I wish I still had them. I don't know what happened. George, yeah, you only had a couple. I, he started off with one, and then I think he got a couple more. But they were over there with his little symbol. He also had a little yeah. forest of little uh, splash symbols and stuff. <laughs> Look, I want to play something I, from your uh, new record called Lamb Jump. Thank you. 
in my life.
Ah for Pedro Show. That was Lamb Jump by the Ah. Uh, then we heard Time from Maya and the Revolutionary Hell Yeah. I get to share the stage with them. 28 days I turned 60 years old up in the city. My bottom of the hill working for Ramona. A good way to celebrate. Then out of Cleveland, brand new. I'm playing bass on this. A bunch of New York guys, but it was put together by a Cleveland man, uh, Matt Waskovich. Uh, Essential Swearing from Hidden Rifles, recorded by the late, great Paul Henneman. Black Moth Super Rainbow with Bad Fucking Times. The Power from Boris, which I missed their gig. They were just here. They ended their tour. We had a big-ass tour. And then um, Antonio Ramirez and Marco Serrano with Boris Diaz, El Complanos Del Mago. And finally the Ah with Elephant Thimbles, which is two words that are trippy put together too like lamb jump I've seen goats jump in fact I've never seen a more horny animal in my life than this unfixed Spanish pygmy goat I mean this this guy was sucking himself off and pissing wow. in his face and, wait where did you see, where did you see the pygmy goat was at this ch a child's uh, zoo you know and the the fixed ones they're all common so this guy was like flying in the air and clicking his heat you know frolic my kind of shit I mean it was Balls out, wow. the most horny fucking thing. Crack wow. of Dawn had to watch out. <laughs> anyway, okay, so you get this uh, from the Tony the Greek guy, uh, a drum set. Oh, Harry, 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 Harry the Pizza Harry. Man. Yeah, Newtonville Pizza. Sorry, I, didn't mean I got the. Uh, Sorry, I got Harry, the... didn't mean Tony. <laughs> uh, maybe that's what the thing, uh, the pizza got me, right? <laughs> yeah. You know the oh, acronym, yeah. you know Fiat, right? Mm hmm. You know what it stands for. Fiat. Uh, no, no idea. <laughs> not not the, the word, but the Italian auto manufacturer. Fix it yeah, again, yeah, yeah. Tony. <laughs> okay, I did not know that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what, what do you do? Do you start uh, practicing at You set it, set it up in your garage or your, or your no, bedroom? No, no, basement. The basement, basement. Was, my, was my church, my spot I could go to and do whatever I wanted. So, nobody so bummed time, on it. Nobody got At the angry. time, I was obsessed with um, the band, uh, Levon Helm, the drummer and singer. Oh, yeah, yeah, Arkansas. Yeah, and, um, and Funkadelic, like Standing on the Verge, Getting It On, that Tall. record. I think his and, name was um, Tall, right? T-A-W-L. The, the drummer of Funkadelic? Yeah. I think he it was Jerome mind. Bigfoot Braley. He lost his mind, right, LSD or something? The drummer that on that record, he's okay. I saw him play with James Blood Ulmer like ten years ago. I think he's well. The he's guy on the, on the no, this is the first couple albums like uh, Maggot Brain and. Okay, I think that's a different drummer than on the well, record. Well, the original guy, his name was Tall T A W L. I think. Uh, not trying to get you in some kind of fact check <laughs> trip. But, yeah, you know, I because you know if you were listening. No, no, no. Tall, tall played rhythm guitar, but he did lose his mind. From I thought, yeah, yeah, he did lose his mind from the uh, LSD kind of. Uh, I did yeah. a whole bunch of LSD and uh, Tiki. That was his name. Tiki was the drummer. Okay, my memory, you know, <laughs> that's so right, yeah. by trying to remember back when I. Last time I used L was, I think, 1983 at Einstein's Ends and thing in the desert. So anyway, so uh, wh wh where did you hear these records? 
Let's see. The band I got from my my parents, they had the Brown album, the self-titled album, and I just remember being completely captivated by the cover and just started listening to the music in it. It, it totally floored me. I don't know. I just became obsessed, like read every book about it, got every record, and I was just a band fanatic. And uh, Funkadelic, I think, if, to be honest, I don't remember, but I just remember seeing that cover. Maybe it was at a local record store, but standing on the verge of getting it on and that crazy mm-hmm. artwork. And the music just, just spoke to me, and I yeah, loved that's... it. I loved the simplicity of the grooves and all the crazy singing and lyrics. And I basically put on these big ass headphones and just played for hours and it felt like the most incredible thing i could imagine you know especially coming from being in orchestras and practicing and playing through composed music this just felt like a fresh new exciting world actually and, i think um, that's p-funk i think it's what you're talking about funkadelic because he he uh, george clinton's yelling in that song p-funk which song are you talking about? Standing on the verge of getting it on. No, no, that's that's definitely Funkadelic. <laughs> well, they're they're both bands, kind of mixed together. Yeah, but the Parliaments the record- was the band. Standing on the verge of getting it on. Get P funk. He, he yells out P funk. Uh, what he would do, use different P- names. No, no, he says it says it says uh, he yells out people. People, yeah. what you doing? Yeah, he says that too. <laughs> but he would use different names of P funk. To get different uh, Parliament Funkadelics to get different production deals. Okay, yeah. So, okay. So that sounds uh, all right. I think seventy four, because they start calling it. Uh, yeah, I think it's still called Funkadelic. I think Mothership Connection is when they use both names because he gets a deal with Casablanca. You know, it was. He's you know he's still going. He's an, an, an incredible force. Mm-hmm. I got to do all of uh, Maggot Brain with him on uh, Doug Wimbush at Blackbird and McKnight. And, uh, uh, oh, amazing. Yeah. I thought it was going to be just some blues jam with this guy, and it turned out I, I was playing with these guys the whole album. Anyway, uh, anyway, uh, what was the first record that you bought? Let's see. I think Beastie Boys licensed it ill. I remember buying that on cassette tape. Okay. No, really little. Okay, <laughs> that's right. This guy, we, we, me, and Raymond uh, Pettibone saw that tour. They were uh, opening for Run DMC. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. at the Greek, we saw it at the Greek outside. You know, at the amphitheater. Oh, that's so cool. Okay, what about uh, your parents? Didn't get? They didn't care about you banging drums downstairs. That's great. I, yeah, I think they liked that I was um, just in yeah, the music, making music. Yeah. I mean, they definitely, I don't think, loved how it sounded for many years, but I <laughs> what didn't about do it bands? late at night. What was your first band that you played with? Was it just Man Alone or playing with records? No, yeah, the first band was called Swedish Fish, and um, it was me and my friend John Sussman, and we were writing songs. It was the first time I was like writing songs, and we were both singing. He was playing guitar, keyboard. And we jam and make up songs, and I have demo cassettes of them still, and it's pretty bad, but it was it's it's me, and we were having so much fun and no just bass like improv. No bass player, okay. yeah, it was just duo. And um, well, he had the left hand of the keyboard. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> but I would play. We would do it all day, all night if we could. There was just like so many ideas and just jamming was just like it just felt like the most incredible thing ever and we were starting to smoke pot and it was just like 
a very exhilarating time for sure. What was it? Still high school? This is eighth grade, I think, right Junior before high school. school. Yeah. Okay. And uh, yeah, so after school, you go down the basement. Yep. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. And so you're not really doing gigs; you're just having fun playing, like me and D Boom. Yeah. Yeah, that's what it was for me with drums. That's what it was for years. I don't think I even pl- I don't think I played a gig on drums till. Yeah, maybe I was like 17 or something like that. Um, okay, we'll talk about never... that next hour because we're at the end of the first one. November 22, 2017. Just your Watt for Pedro show. Special guest, Jeremy Gustin. Hold tight for hour two. November 22nd, 2017. It's the second hour of the Watt for Pedro show. We made the highway our second home, how we memorized 50 miles from Kalamazoo to Grand Rapids alone, how we collected our consciousness on green signs sweeping overhead in long moments of complete aloneness before gliding into the big city, watching those cement walls glide past, getting excited about a visit, going under that final overpass into a city before the, beyond the safety glass of a window seat a portion of me, rolling the halls of green trees with unctuous billboards roaring before us into the spread fingers of divided highway lanes, concrete leaving diamonds of green spaces, my heart left at the grove of trees there, clocking the lonely little sights from so many remembered trips imprinted before being dislodged, tumbled away before progress. The blue pontoon boat tied up forever in some small anonymous lake. The low yellow cinder black house, which grew larger every year. A red Chevy pickup awkwardly straddling a billboard. A rusty little rail crane just outside the Grand Rapids. Lonely sentinel of the crawling railroad yards. These sights I learned and loved truly. They marked the passage of time. These things that marked my memory gave way to a life as I got older and beyond. By their disappearance, booted me reluctantly along in life. Ruleless pits in these rush by me, rushing, products of a relentless meditation on the lines, the lines, the lines, going by me into the cities. What was revealed to me then, I realize now, and I believe. I see art everywhere, so in, unintentional, tossed together in light and circumstances. Nature is in the middle of me, in the left lane at 60 miles per hour, by the cracked, weedy sidewalks in the city, right in the middle of the heart and the heat and the despair. Nature, true nature. Young adulthood rocks, invading Detroit, going in to see a big-time show, rushing a little more thoughtlessly now. 
into my legions of highways, children, childhood, farms approaching, receding, and being discarded by the long slanting walls that bank the freeway into the city, cement filling up to my eyeballs, filling up my world with concrete, darkness, light patch, and exhaust. My introduction into the city. Love to be there, face the anonymous streams of full of people, cars, ignoring me in the concrete I love. Me accepting it all with my open, hungry gaze. The signature of my life, a ribbon of road, and I had music with my wheels. I had Motown dominant on the radio, giving me soul and my immaturity. Where was the love you said was mine, all mine, till the end of time? Was it just a lie? But where was the love? You told me that you'd never leave me And that you'd never say goodbye Don't leave me hanging on a promise You've got to let me know A chance to feel sadness in my silly youth Aware of the passion of the music Together the concrete and the song made the highway And my willingness to this gateway Time to stop doing one thing and try out something new I really believe that if I sat up and looked enough, was vigilant and sincere enough, things would change on the way in. It sure made life exciting to expect that, on the edge of something new. Hail the rectangular green signs swarming overhead as we sailed down under that final overpass. Every major junction, every turning point in life, all the old that are left behind was there on or near a freeway. They paved the way into campgrounds, new stages, new states of life. I look back and love what I had seen myself go through. A world edged in those concrete walls, a world that laughed at my loneliness and made me feel so excited. Reaching out to touch those concrete arms held me and brought my soul through. Soaring forever on that musical freeway, past green rectangles, billboards, rectangles, billboards, and grass, literally driving through my life, leading under that final overpass. And a climate change denier I said if you're a politician And a climate change denier You're either a natural born fool Or much more likely Just a shameless liar Your services are bought and paid for By Exxon, Mobil and Shell I said your services are bought and paid for By Exxon, Mobil and Shell You know you're that trusty lapdog Shield for fossil fuel. I see you making lots of money now as a shameless shield for fossil fuel. 
For Pedro Show, uh, started hour two off with the Ah doing Black Cloud Shadows. Then Joe Brewer 
with Concrete Nostalgia. Uh, Sam Bennett, Joe Brewer out of uh, Madison. Uh, Sam Bennett out of Tokyo with Climate Change Denier Blues. The Healers out of Chicago. or we- Yeah, it's West Chicago. Chicago so, uh, Soak Valley, I think it's called. Uh, Death Wish, Maximilian I from Rome with Spelogia Atomica, and then the Ah with Inclined for Wren, which I guess is the bird. The Wren. It's with the W, people. Back with Jeremy <laughs> talking about his music journey. So tell me about your first gig. Okay, well, it's the only time this ever has happening, uh, happened in my life because I don't typically get uh, stage fright or anything like that. I, lo- I love performing. But this uh, first gig was at the Brendan Behan Pub in Jamaica Plain. I'd never played in a bar before. I, um, and it was just like we set up, we were ready to play, and then they looked at me to start the tune, and it was like I did not remember anything. Like I just didn't know how the music went anymore, and it was a very scary moment for me. <laughs> and thankfully, um, it hasn't happened since. But he just had to, like the guitarist just like sang the riff, and then it all came back. But it was just that like. Um, You're talking about the first tune of the set. Yeah, but it was like at that moment everything had disappeared from my world. Like I, like I didn't know how to do anything, and it was very scary. But then it all came back, and it was fine. But it was just that, like for like thirty seconds, and the band was looking at me like, "What are you doing? Well, what are you not doing?" Like, yeah, exactly. Did you guys have a lot of practice? Did we have what? A lot of practice before that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, it was just it was the moment just seizing you. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. And the the gig was fine. I mean, it wasn't what a was great the name band. Of this band? Was, that was called Three Times Fast. Three Times <laughs> Fast. Were you guys? Did you have good uh, quick tempos? You know, it was kind of like a funky jam situation with guitar, keys, and drums. Um, just like a vehicle to jam and make like dancey grooves you know and it would probably be pretty embarrassing for me to listen to this three point, times but, fast yeah okay did you guys ever record do you remember your first recording yeah we recorded something at uh emerson college in the studio there but um nothing yeah i don't know i don't know where it is but did we this did, band, we did. It was, it, uh, did this band tour no 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 this when was did you yeah start? just when i was like 17 when did you start touring? Well, so I stayed in, um, so I'm from Boston, and I stayed around Boston uh, for a bit. And like, I really just was a local musician there for years. Just And I played all around New England a bunch, but I uh, didn't do crazy touring until I moved to New York, which was like nine years ago. Um, and the first, the first big tour I did was with a singer named Larkin Grimm. And we got into Prius and... <laughs> Rode around the U.S. for like I think two months. A Prius. Yeah. So it wasn't that yeah. long ago. It was in 2008, I think. That's how old those cars are. Okay. It was it was a new car. It was exciting that it was quiet and didn't take much gas. You know, my sister's I, got one. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm just trying to put um, my mind when they came around. I always think of them things as really modern. Okay. Yeah. But you know what? You were talking nine years ago. That's a little strange. <laughs> you know, yeah. Sorry. Sometimes yeah. when I, because when uh, I relate to other musicians, sometimes I, I think I'm always their age. 
Right. That, that's one of the righteous things about music. It doesn't care about your hair color and stuff. <laughs> no. But, uh, okay, so you you got a drum set inside a Prius? Yeah. I mean, Larkin made sure that we were, we had everything uh, right for this tour because she wanted to keep the costs low. And, yeah, I used, like, a 16-inch bass drum, floor tom, snare, one cymbal, hi-hat. She had her, a little harp and 12-string electric, and she just went direct into PA. We were opening for bigger bands. We were playing some bigger rooms and just went right into the house. Wow. And uh, it worked. It worked out. Well, that's great. Here, we're going to play... Uh... Slight beams.
and M. Eddie Rodriguez. Nobody.
Watch for Pedro show. We heard slight beams from the ah, and then Matt Jones. He's from uh, Massachusetts, but he's in Pusan, Korea now. Uh, with a demo of synthetic earthquake, mold omen from passages through stone. They might be Baltimore, East Coast. Fighting, I think they're Manchester, England. Baseline Al, and finally. German Noda Youth with Super Mario Blast. Uh, what about this project, The Ah? You sent me this album, and I really dig, man. Oh, thank you so much. Well, um, I mean, I guess I didn't really mean to make it. It, it kind of, um, what what happens is, like, I um, I spend all this time making, when I write music for bands, and I write music for my other band called Star Rover, when I when I when I write for the band, I always make a demo of the song, and then I bring it to the band, and then the band learns it, and then we alter it to be able to do it live. And um, when the songs don't work for the band, I just have these these kind of demos. But I put so much time into the demos, and I've kind of over the years found out this strange way to sample sounds and edit sounds and mix sounds. Not just do and, drums, right? You're, you're creating like kind of a model of what you want the band to do. Yeah, but I don't always think about it so much, like how we're going to do it. So a lot of times it doesn't work for the band or it just has to be drastically changed. But, sure. It's a but start I just put point. so much time into creating this demo that yeah. when people started hearing them, the demos, they'd really be like, man, like this is special sounding. Like nothing else sounds like this. You should do something with these demos. And... Uh, I don't know, last year at the time, all my roommates had made solo records, and I just something just clicked. And I was like, I should just finish all this stuff that's sitting on my hard drive. And that's what I did, and that's what became the aha, and that, this world of these sounds. And it's like, and there's no drum set on the whole record, which also somehow felt significant for me, because that's basically what I'm known for doing. And it's, um, yeah, it's me just creating all these sounds. And sa there's a lot of sampling, there's a lot of... Um, animal sounds that I sampled and play on a keyboard and like uh, I don't know I, I never even thought about how I would do it live or anything just I wanted to create a world as best as I could yeah like you put these demos together as part of a process but then you start mm -hmm. realizing they were ends unto themselves mm -hmm. yeah and, and I think that's uh, I think that's valid you know music is music uh, the way yeah. what's intended for the way you do it mm -hmm. at the end of the day do people really know when it's coming out the speakers <laughs> right <laughs> yeah. it stands on its own right so it's a trip yeah it's neat to talk about those things because i think people think they only come certain kinds of ways they come from all different kinds of ways i think that's right and you know i i make a living really playing as a sideman in different kinds of people's bands and it's something i i love to do and i love to play you know, rock and roll, and I love to play fucked up free jazz and everything in between. But with this, it was like not supposed to be a specific thing. So it's like my project. I can make it sound like however I want. What's the kind of music that's me? You know, it's it's a weird thing to think about. And because I didn't think about it, and the music just kind of happened naturally over the course of time, it is what it is. And like it or not, it's it's me, and, and it really it does feel that. And um, a lot of my friends that hear the record just all say it's just like it's so. I feel weird. it too, Jeremy. I feel it. Look, we're at the end of the <laughs> end of the second hour, 2017, November 22 edition of Watford Pedro Show. Hold tight for hour three. November 22, 2017.
It's the third hour of the Watt for Pedro show.
Live from Pedro's show, started the third off hour off with the odd doing I change color. Now, trippy spelling here, because you're from New England, right? Not England. I'm from New England, exactly. Yeah. Right, but you got the U in color. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You're allowed to do yeah, that. Yeah, I don't know. No, it's that's a, okay. Come on. It's an intuitive thing sometimes. Just yeah, something okay. felt right. <laughs> At least you ain't using the accent. Yeah. Okay. By order of the infinite. You know guys like this, they go to England in two weeks <laughs> talking like Mike Kane. I got a buddy <laughs> named Willie from Brooklyn. He's been there over 25 years. He's going to be on the show next week. And he don't talk anything like that. <laughs> in fact, he lives on a boat in a canal in London. He's a plumber. Oh, wow. He's a great cat. Good drummer. Awesome. Man. But originally Brooklyn guy. Uh, David Gerard, a Massachusetts guy, and Christian Fissell with By Order of the Infinite, Version B, and finally from Hamburg, Germany, FGH, Making Space, number one. So, yeah, you just wanted to put the Ah album out and not have to worry about it being played in front of people doing gigs. Yeah, the music was basically created without me thinking about even making it. Yeah, it, it, was a, it got time. repurposed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now I'm I'm excited to be able to share it. This label NNA helped put it out, and uh, you will have to see what happens with it. Maybe I'll try it live somehow. But it just that was never the intention when it was the music was created. Now you were talking about the sideman stuff. Uh, I saw you with Delicate Steve. Mm-hmm. Is that the main sideman thing you're doing right now? No, 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 not at all, actually. I, I used to play with Steve a lot. I've been on the road with him a shitload, but I haven't been for the last few years. This was the first tour I'd done with him in a while. Ah, but you did mostly get because to I was in, What's that? Say again? I'm sorry. Oh, I said mo- this really worked out because I was going to be in L.A. already doing some other gigs and session stuff, and uh, just the timing worked out. And I loved Steve. It was just seemed like a perfect yeah. excuse to do some gigs with him again. I'm going to have him on the show soon. Oh, great. He's great so say, hey. I had met him a few years ago and kind of spaced and then it came back to me <laughs> yeah god i hate when that happens uh okay so so what 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 i know you got to do some stuff with uh yuka honda right well yeah i was just telling you i um i went over to their studio and did some improvising with her um there's a, a band called exotech that i that i play with which is kind of this improv collective led by the singer sophia bruce and kimbra and uh yuka's done that a bunch and we connected and uh, figured we should try something together and uh so so f- just freewheeling like what no it was totally free it? we had no idea what we were gonna do and based on my playing with yuka before i figured maybe she'd do some loops or i i, I really didn't know but um, we talked a lot and had a really great time. And she's really into ambient um, music right now and basically just created ambient sounds. And uh, I just got really into playing with the space and not really playing any grooves. Just, um, you know, I remember I put like 30 drumsticks all over the kit and was playing with them, flopping around and just, I don't know, having fun with the space. It was, it was great. Playing the holes, kind of minimalist minimalist or the opposite of minimalist but not like in time really just just yeah exactly but just like textures god whenever i hear that word maximalist i get so scared because it's like there's only one way that it's going just one way (laughs) sometimes i feel 
uh, there's a big weight of that on uh, us all, mm-hmm. you know, this Thanksgiving. Uh, I'm going to play this song here, Green Waves. What, what okay. about it? What's that? What about it? Well, I'll t- I remember sitting in a church or chapel seeing a performance of some modern classical music, and there's these trees up against the windows, and they were kind of making this motion that looked like they were waving at me and they're like these big green leaves and that's when i was like hmm i like wrote down the word green waves and then um something about this tune when i first wrote the main part made me think of being underwater and i sampled these dolphins swimming which is in the track and then i made a music video for it which is some old found footage of uh, scuba divers that seemed to work pretty well well let's listen
Last music for this edition, Green Waves from the Ah. Where, where'd you get the name for the band, the Ah? Oh, man, that's... It's funny because you were just talking about if to ask somebody what their song means or not. And for me, I was, you know, talking about the songs is not a big deal, but talking about the, the name, the Ah, is somehow more complicated for me. It's a whole funny, long story that's evolved over time. And it doesn't really make any sense. So uh, the way I like to look at it now is that it's it feels like a, a world. It's a place, and that's how I like to think of the music that I created for it. So the ah is just this kind of make-believe, um, kind of cartoon-like world. And that just felt like an appropriate title for it. So it has nothing to do with that guy in the bear suit and the shining. <laughs> no, okay. not that I know. Okay. <laughs> Uh, Swampy from Kurt Stifle and the Swing Shift, Mailman after that with My Fault, and finally the Ah with Hazel Club. I, I bookended because Green Waves and my pop had hazel eyes, which is a kind of green. Uh, yeah, that's right. I have hazel eyes myself. Oh, well, uh, <laughs> do, does yours change? Yeah, some days pop, more brown, some days more green. When my pop got pissed, his would turn more, more gray like slate, like cement. Ah, I don't, yeah, they don't go gray. <laughs> but it was really trippy because they weren't always the same. They would change, you know. Wow. I, I really, I, the, the Hooskers had that uh, song called Green Eyes. And I was oh, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I used to play a, that song with the band. That's a beautiful. Uh, yeah, I love that song. I think it's only two parts, a lot of their tunes. Sometimes mm -hmm. one part, right? Divide and Conquer. I think Land of a Thousand Dances is one part. Lime in the Coconut. Maybe. There's some yeah. good songs. You don't have to change parts. No. <laughs> just I think American Woman is one part. <laughs> <laughs> yep. You just change the words. <laughs> or you put some stuff. That had a trippy drum beat. It didn't really have the rock and roll backbeat. It was kind of like Native American. That was Wait, the first uh, American Woman by this Canadian band, uh, Guess Who? Oh, yeah. I think out of Winnipeg. And it was the first 45 I ever bought. Oh, a lot wow. of floor tom. I think that it goes around on the floor tom. I love floor tom. Like that. So it's trippy for rock and roll. But, you know, they were doing rock and rock and all kinds of influences. Those were trippy times. Mm -hmm. I think uh, the only live drumming on, on this record yeah, is, um, is floor tom. Is that, that right? I played back through a dictaphone. Yeah. Dictaphone. Yeah, I'd kind of I'd play the floor tom live, and then it would come out of the monitors recorded into a dictaphone, and then I'd play it out of the dictaphone, mic the speaker on the dictaphone, and going back into the computer. And a dictaphone's <laughs> a thing, not really for music; it's for uh, dictation, right? That's how it was intended, but yeah. that's not you what I did. It. You repurposed it. Yeah. What's in the future? Well, you already told me that you might start playing the uh, live. Uh, who's the next uh, project you go out with as Sideman? Uh, let's see. This band, Rubble Bucket, I'm doing some stuff with coming out. Uh, and, yeah, Delicate Steve. There's some shows with um, singer Jesse Harris. I, I've really... I'm, the next oh, Jesse, I'm I, think, I, I think Jesse Petra played with Jesse, right? Yeah, 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 exactly. I made this record with Jesse and Petra. That's That's, that's right. And uh, I don't know if you played... I, I, I saw a gig with them at... Uh, up on Fairfax, I can't remember, an old, like, vaudeville theater. Maybe you were there, oh. maybe you weren't. I don't know. I remember uh, yeah. Vincent Gallant came out and sang uh, 
Moon River or something. Uh, where can people find you, Jeremy, on the web, on the internet? Well, the uh, Facebook is not a bad spot to find me, just under my full name, Jeremy Gustin. The Odd does have a page Let's as well. Let's spell that, J-E-R-E-M-Y-G-U-S-T-I-N. Exactly. That's the, I mean, I basically just use Facebook to promote gigs and records I'm doing. And, um, yeah, I would say find me there. Okay. What advice would you give to somebody getting into this racket? To stay excited, and that can be hard sometimes, but um, however you can be as excited as possible, it's like a full-time job to do that. And just however, whatever makes you excited and inspired to keep going. That's kind of uh, my main MO. That's what you would tell somebody. I think that's great uh, advice. Because it's not easy, and you have to seek out stuff. You mean prevent, to, prevent yourself from getting jaded? It's easy to get jaded and depressed and sad and distracted all the time. So if you make an effort to find the right people, the right books, the right movies, the right music, the right way to look around the world. I take walks every day for a few miles to just try to find images. Like I like to take photos and stuff and just whatever keeps you excited. I don't know. It's just like no, it feels no, like you Jeremy, have to. It's great. And I really like what you're doing. And uh, drummers around the world should be proud of you. I am. <laughs> Thanks, I'm not man. a drummer. I'm a wannabe drummer. <laughs> But keep on keeping on, please. And thanks for coming on the show. November 22nd uh, edition of 2017 edition of the Watt from Pedro show. Keep your powder dry. <laughs>